1: Post, and I welcome you today to CSE Talk Radio. It's my honor, my privilege, and my pleasure to be here with you today. We're going to have Daniel Turner of Power of the Future on. We've got a lot to talk about, and I have kind of a, a lot to get off my chest before we bring him on. So let's go straight to the Lord of Prayer. I think that's the best place to go. For such a time as this, most gracious Heavenly Father, we bow before you today, asking for your forgiveness, for your guidance. And we thank you, Father, for your love and your grace and your mercy. I see today how your people are silent when they should speak. How we, your children, have fear instead of boldness. We lack confidence because we do not seek your will or study your word. And we fail to show your love and tell others your good news. You warned us in the scriptures. Hear this, O foolish and senseless people who have eyes but do not see, who have ears but do not hear. Lest we continue to be such a people, Father, who are deaf and dumb to the sins around us, and our own sins as well, I beg you to help us. As painful as it is, may we see the evil and understand. May we rise up and speak out. May we be courageous and confident in you, Father. Protect us, Abba, Father. Bless us with a wisdom and greater than Solomon's. Thank you for never giving up on us. I continue to ask for your healing upon this land and your people. Be with me, Father. Keep me healthy and strong. Bless CSC Talk Radio. It is yours. Bless Daniel Turner as his mission with power of the future. Thank you for him and... His calling to speak truth and common sense and protects rural America and our energy jobs. For such a time as this, I bow before your Father and ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. While we have a great deal of infringements coming out of the political offices, I still believe we the people are to blame. I mean, how gullible or insecure are we as individuals that we accept all the idiocy coming from our social government and these medias that prop them up? Do we really believe there is systemic racism in this nation? With all the people of color in public offices, attending universities, with people of all colors working jobs from the bottom up, Americans elected a black president twice, there are people... Who are racist, there's no doubt about that, but it is not systemic, except maybe in the Democrat Party. Do you believe, really, there are more than two sexes that a gender is a choice? After women finally have their own sports arena, do you believe it is fair and just for males dressing like women, deciding against science that they are now female and should be allowed to compete with females? This will set women's... Rights back decades. And that's brought to you by the Democrat Party. Do you truly believe that the rioting we saw last summer and the taking over of the cities in Antifa, the burning and the looting and the destruction and the injuries, the blinding of officers and death by BLM and Antifa were mostly peaceful protests? Do you truly believe things are so bad that large corporations should hire consultants to help them be more woke and think less white? Do you believe our police in America are so racist and blind that large stores like Kohl's and others should refuse to honor Blue Lives Matter? Do you believe government is here to help you? Do you believe good health care is government forcing insurance down your throat? That abortion isn't inhumane and babies are only pretend life? Are you blind to see the multi-million industry, multi-million dollar industry that profits from the abortions, the murder of babies? Do you believe this pandemic is going to have to shut the world down until twenty twenty two wearing one mask, two masks, maybe three masks will keep you safer? You know that only mom and pop shops and places of worship are high risk infected areas, but that large group corporation businesses are safe places and Do you believe in acid rain, a hole in the ozone, global cooling, global warming, climate change is real? Do you really believe that the earth is going to die in ten years? No, that's twelve years. No, wait, that's eight years. And all because you ate a steak or a hamburger? Did you drive a car? You took a plane? You took a vacation? You heat your home? You cool your home? Or maybe you used hairspray? Or because you exhale CO2? Of course, this existential crisis... Threat can be avoided if you give your jobs up, spend trillions of dollars, and make all the greeny weenies wealthy. Do you really believe that wind farms, which produce nothing in reality, and solar energy will replace all fossil fuel, that nuclear energy is highly dangerous? If you believe all these things are more important than America being independent, Americans being free, American jobs, individual security... Then, as the old saying goes, I have a bridge in the Mojave Desert to sell you. Common sense has been put to the side. Science has been distorted for data paid for in order to fit a narrative. That narrative, government control. Are we, Americans, truly that gullible? Or are we simply so insecure we're afraid to question and push back? It is our children who will suffer. What we do now will leave them in the dark winter that Biden spoke of. By the way, today's temperatures in Texas are going to be 77 degrees higher than that was last week. I think they're thankful for global warming. They're going to have to turn on the air conditioners, and we bring on Daniel Turner. Daniel, how are you doing today?
2: I am great. Thank you so much for having me on. And what a wonderful opening monologue.
1: (laughs) Well, I had to get it off my chest. I got to thinking, are we this gullible? I mean, yesterday with the Coke situation, it's like they've got the white polar bears and they're telling them people to think less white. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Anyway, I don't like polar bears, so it's okay with me if they take them off. But uh, anyway...
2: (laughs) It, it's 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 very disappointing that we see things through this this incredibly small lens now of of just the physical immutable attributes um and and mm-hmm. now we reduce everybody to what their sex is what their color is um and that's it and and now we just we have, we have reduced people to the very things that Civil rights was supposed to prevent of reducing people saying. to those immutable characteristics.
1: What they're promoting isn't that real racism and bigotry of to course. point out everyone's differences. I mean, you know, when I when I look at a person of color, whether they're they're black, they're brown, they're Asian, they're they're Indian, whatever it is. Obviously, they don't look like I do in the mirror, but when they look in the mirror, they don't look like me either. (laughs) I mean, those differences are obvious, but they're not on the inside. They're on the outside.
2: No, and and we are seeing this more and more from this administration because they will always use it to their advantage. Case in Mm. point, some of their nominees who are struggling to get through the confirmation process because of their positions, because of past statements, Mm. one in particular, um, whose name is Nira Tandon, and Nira is nominated to be the secretary, um, the administrator for OMB, the Office of Management and Budget, very important position. Um, and the day before her confirmation hearing, she deleted several thousand tweets uh, because if anyone knows who Nira Tandon is and has followed her, she's a truly despicable, awful, radical, crazy leftist. And viciously mean and nasty human being. She's struggling to get confirmed now, and people are bringing this up. So the Biden administration's response is racism, right? They're just saying this is this is racism. This is all because she's a woman. This is because she's, and it's terrible, and it's and it's obvious, and it's easy, um, but they're doing it regardless.
1: You know, and then I watched another hearing, just snippets of it. I didn't watch much of it. And and I'm going, these people, they don't have sense enough to come come in out of the rain. How are they going to be leaders in this administration? Well, of course, then we look at their leader and people in Australia are saying, this man's got dementia. What's going on in America? The whole world sees it. But the American people are so gullible or blind that we're not paying attention or we're afraid to speak out. You're listening exactly. to CSC Talk Radio. When we come back, we'll bring back Daniel Turner, and I try I'll try not to uh, monopolize all the time. You're listening to CSC Talk Radio with Daniel Turner and Beth Ann, and we'll be right back. is good in this nation. Our food, our land, our jobs, our families, and, of course, our gassy cows. Power the Future is fighting for you, Rule America. Join them. Visit PowerTheFuture.com. See the latest news and donate to those who are fighting for you. PowerTheFuture.com. Power the Future is fighting to keep America's lights on. Liberty Tabletop brings liberty to your table. For those of you who want to display your patriot heart, Set your table with Liberty, the new patriotic flatware pattern by Liberty Tabletop. Your dining table sets the mood for the American family and the American dream. Liberty honors our fallen heroes, the Liberty Bell. We the people with stars and stripes our American Eagle and the Statue of Liberty. Each piece of the Liberty flatware pattern is an art with elegance. High quality work and high quality 1810 stainless American steel. And we have returned to listening to CSC Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann. We're visiting with Daniel Turner. Today's a sponsor of the show with Power of the Future. Out there with boots on the ground, he's even trying to become one of us. He's, uh, got him some animals and he has to take care of them. You found out that's not so easy in the winter. <laughs> and, uh, it's, uh, he told me the other day, he said it's, it's, it's hard work, but it's made me a better man. And I just thought that was such a, a nice thing for you to say. That was just really neat.
2: Oh well, thank you. And I I, I plan on doing a uh, a follow up article to the one I published. So you let me talk about I guess it were eight or nine months ago, where I talked about leaving D.C. and and moving into the country. Mm-hmm. And I'd like a follow up of of what you learn from living in 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 rural America. I, you know, as I'm talking to you, I was looking at um, my friend's text message thread, and they were saying how a neighbor in D.C made the very silly mistake of turning on his car and letting it warm up before he got in and of course the car was stolen and everyone's laughing at him saying how could you be so stupid to leave your key I leave my keys in my car <laughs> yeah you know i had a boss that did that he says
1: i don't help a good boy go bad he just went bad he was just already bad i'm leaving my he says that's the only way he doesn't lose them is he left it in his car so <laughs>
2: <laughs> exactly, it's a very different world, and and it, and it is a mind shift, and it's unfortunate that we've become, uh, you know, and, and maybe people who live in the city are laughing at you saying this, but it is unfortunate that our mind, sh- our mind has uh, our positions have shifted to say, well, of course it's the person's fault for leaving his car running. He, he's the stupid one. But shouldn't you be able to leave your car running? Shouldn't I be able to leave? my property and not have it get stolen. And I know there are always going to be bad people out there. But that's just how the city living has changed. Of course you have to lock your windows. If not, someone's going to break in. Of course you have to do this. If not, someone's going. Of course you can put out a Trump sign because someone's going to throw a brick through your window. And the person who does something that is within his right as a human being is now blamed for the actions of others who are the Criminals, the violent, the angry, the whatever, and that shift is 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 bad for America, but since now the majority of America lives in the city, the majority of Americans think this way, and that's really yeah. unfortunate
1: you know it's sad because they can't trust anybody, and it's come to that because they don't um, they don't um, what do you punish the criminals? So there's no punishment that these criminals are going to face. I mean, especially the illegal aliens. You know, there's nothing they're going to face right now under the Biden administration, and that's a topic for a whole other show. But, but it's sad that that you have to, you know, put the razor wire around your own home to set to feeling safe. And it's not that way in rural America. I mean, we. You know, we have to take precautions, too. There's people that steal tractors, steal cattle, steal horses. (laughs) They're out there. The bad guys are out there, and they're going to do what they do, Pelosi said. But you need to go after them. And uh, it's, you know, it's. but I'm glad you're enjoying your rural life. I really am. And, uh, you know, I grew up in in a suburban city, uh, Raytown, Missouri, Kansas City area. And, uh, I loved it. I was just a kid, you know, I loved it and ran up down the block there. We were pretty safe. It was safe. I don't know that it is that much anymore. But when I came down to the country, it was a total different atmosphere. Um, they made fun of me because I was a city girl. But, you know, it's, um, I ended up marrying a farmer and then things trans- dressed that transformed or whatever changed in our lives, and and he became went into full time construction, and we had to sell the farm and and uh, move to the the big metropolis of California, Missouri.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Which is a very quaint town. I I enjoyed my visit there, and I hope to be back someday. Absolutely,
1: we've already got plans. <laughs> we're we're already making plans for you. <laughs> we really are. I wanted to ask you something that crossed my desk. I don't know where it came from. I know who sent it to me, but I don't know where it originated from. And I've, I've got it on here in big, bold letters. Is it true? It says there's a smoking gun that Joe hmm. Biden's Department of Energy blocks Texas from increasing their power head of, before the uh, head of the killer storm. And it goes on and it makes several accusations there, and it, mis- it mentions ERCOT and mentions uh, the Department of Energy. Um, do you know if any of this is true, or do you need me to read a little bit more for you
2: for you No, well, and I, I I've seen that as well, and I and I am not positive it is true, and, and that may be That's one of those I examples of, of that call, yeah, misinformation, right? And and, uh, and and Lord knows the right is just as guilty of it sometimes as the left. Um, Oh, absolutely. But, yeah, the st- stories like that are not helpful, right? And and what I have said many times on your show and other shows is I don't need to fabricate any any facts oh, to promote power of the future, right? I, I I also don't need to make up lies about the green energy world. I don't need to make up things about about fossil fuels. So I don't need that type of a story saying, oh, well, here is even – it's even worse than you thought. No, because the truth of – of, of what happened in Texas is ugly enough. I don't need fake stories to, to, to add it on top of it. So I don't think that is a true story. Yeah.
1: Okay. Well, I, I, w- I wanted to ask you about it first because I when I read it, I told Rudy, I don't think this is probably true. Just from the little bit that I knew of what happened, we we probably don't know all of what happened there. We know it was a tragedy, and uh, we know that there are 77 degrees Higher today's temperature than it was last week, so they should yeah. be feeling a little more relief and, and a lot of mud but uh yeah. I'm, and I'm,
2: there are I was going to say ahead. there are larger questions of of government spending that we need to address as a nation mm. and as a community and fortunately, you know, going back to your opening monologue, when we have an election, we spend more time on whether or not transgendered high school students deserve to run – and I'm not trying to make light of whatever this 15-year-old kid is feeling and and their struggles, but the role of government is to say, are we prepared if a major storm were to hit? Am am I prepared? So the city of Washington, D.C., every year when we get a big storm – The mayor's office is always faced with this criticism, and the mayor says to buy all of the snow plows, all of the equipment, in the hopes that in the rare event, because D.C. doesn't really get a lot of snow, in the rare event we get snow, we are prepared. Well, that seems like a $100 million of of wasted money when these snow plows could very easily for three and four and five years sit idle. But we have a $100 million to, to determine whether or not Girls and boys should play in each other's transgendered sports. So, so my point is that the energy issues, the the the, the snowplow issue, the garbage pickup issues, they're not great media. They're not sexy. They're not fun to talk about <laughs> in debates. They're not. But boy, isn't that what you want your government to do? Right? Aren't those the things no. the government should be concerned no. about and not whether or not. They're teaching to kill a mockingbird in the fifth grade because that's, that is where our media conversations go now. That's where our debates for, for president or mayor or city council. That's what we discuss and it's reality TV show. It's keeping up with the Kardashians and oh my it's gosh. government. <laughs>
1: You know, and uh, the things that happened yesterday, you know, there in New York where the Supreme Court said, yes, Trump has to turn over his his tax returns. You know, I don't think the majority of American people really care about his tax returns. That's not what we elect people to go do, to chase after their opponents in in political arena. Um, The impeachment of him that was such a waste of time. And uh the Supreme Court refusing to see these election things that the American people want them to look at it, and then they wonder where conspiracy theories come up from it 's because they're not allowing the truth to get out and uh, it's the same thing with um with our energy world as i 'm sure you know that stuff gets pushed to the side, and they just keep throwing out these you know existential threats and and these predictions of the world is coming to an end and And then it doesn't happen, and nobody ever goes back and talks about that. But it didn't happen. Exactly. So let's back the truck up and see what's going on.
2: And this is the problem with electing sort of uh, 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 unqualified people for these offices. Uh, uh, Oh, yeah. I look at someone like Gavin Newsom, who's the governor of California, who gets to blame everything on climate change. And it is a wonderful excuse because now he is absolved from the responsibility Of managing California's forest fires and when you point out this is very odd governor because Western Nevada doesn't have these fires Southern uh, uh, Oregon doesn't have these fires the Southwest Idaho doesn't have these fires now these aren't you know five feet away they are a hundred miles but you're gonna tell me within a hundred 150 mile radius it's only happening in California. I didn't know climate change could micro target with such precision. But he's absolved <laughs> from having to do the really ugly, boring, boring, difficult stuff of forest management uh, and blame recovering. climate change. Exactly. Exactly. And
1: and you've got, you've got an article on your website. It's called The Paris Climate Accords Will Hurt American Energy, and I want to talk about that when we come back, if you can. Yes, ma'am. I know you will. All right. I want to direct everybody to his website. You can go to my website and click on the uh, lightning bolt, or you can just go to PowerTheFuture.com. That's PowerTheFuture.com. Daniel and Beth we're full of energy, and we'll be
0: right back.
1: And we have returned to listening to CSE Talk Radio. This is Beth and We're visiting with Daniel Turner of Power of the Future. And uh, you can visit his website at powerofthefuture.com. They have articles there. One thing I like, you you would have been my my late boss's favorite because the articles that you have on your website are usually pretty short and to the point. They're quick and to the point. They don't go on and on and on like best monologues and some of the things I write. <laughs> like, I don't know when to bring it to an end. And uh, he would really appreciate that because he used to go round and round with some of his writers. you got to shorten that it's too long. Nobody wants to read that long. <laughs> but you've got an article on there. <laughs> and I know you don't write all of them, but uh, the Paris Climate Accord will hurt American energy. And, you know, that was one of the things I was the proudest of Trump for doing is getting out of that. And, uh, of course, that was the first, one of the first things Biden did was put us back in it. So I want you to explain to the listeners exactly what's happening here.
2: Yeah, the concern about the Paris Accord is that uh, it it imposes on the United States economy certain mandates, Um, and these are mandates that we as a a people did not vote for. Now, the Biden administration will say, well, they voted for me, and therefore they voted for this proposal. Um, But but this is why constitutionally treaties need to be ratified by the Senate. I'm hoping a Republican senator will stand up and say, um, and I know there are lawsuits in the process, and, and someone will push back, but it will impose upon the, the the economy a level of mandates that was thought of by this by this UN group meeting in Paris uh, 14 years ago. Um, and in order to achieve them, we're going to have to have some major reductions. So in order to reduce emissions, we're going to have to penalize certain parts of our economy right now what does this mean it means the amount of the co2 that we are releasing in the atmosphere has to be cut off somehow so odds are we're going to move things like refining uh offshore we'll move up we'll move certain manufacturing offshore and and even if people want to argue that this is in the long run a good thing because it's good for the environment we always have to be careful of These mandates that come from people on high who think they know better. Look at what happened in Texas last week. I was on your show talking about this, and I said these were mandates that Republicans put on the electric grid. They had to require 25% wind by a certain date. The electric grid wasn't ready for that, but I'll be darned. the, the, The the politicians were, and the politicians thought they could out physics the electric grid. Well, guess what happened. Like whenever there's a corporate board that says we will mandate that X percent of the employees have to be a certain race or a certain ethnicity, well, there are consequences. Right? People are going to get fired. People are, or are not going to get hired. And, and it's the same idea with these mandates that we say, well, we need to reduce the amount of CO2 emissions. Well, then what industry is going to get punished? Well, I know that's going to be the fossil fuel industry, right? And then after they've punished the fossil fuel industry enough, then it will be manufacturing Um, or or transportation. Um, And that's the real risk of Paris is that we as an American people did not decide what we wanted for our future. A bunch of folks in Paris decided for us. And then the world's largest producer, a polluter, which is China, uh, pollutes it twice plus the rate of America. More than two times the CO2 emissions come out of China than the United States. They're exempt. China's not paying attention to the Paris Climate Accords. And they celebrated. They put out a statement congratulating President Biden for rejoining. Well, I would, too, if I told my opponent, uh, heck, if I told my football opponent that they were all going to have to wear 40 pounds of back, of weights in their backpacks as they got on the field, I would put out a note saying, I applaud the the." How about that for you for you Kansas City fans? I applaud that Tampa is each going to wear 40 pounds of weight on their back before the Super Bowl. Well, yeah, of course you would applaud yes. that because you're, you're punishing <laughs> your opponent.
1: It's a little too soon to talk about Super Bowl yet.
2: <laughs> I'm sorry. It is too soon for you lovely folks in, it's in Missouri. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was hoping it would be a timely analogy, not a painful one, but I apologize.
1: Maybe after we win the next Super Bowl, I can talk about it. <laughs> I'm just
2: kidding.
0: just kidding.
1: I have someone on Facebook that wants me to ask you a question. They said, ask Daniel, is gas high because we are in a margin market where demand is so low, you have to figure per customer margin instead of going for the margin?
2: Uh, I, I think gas is increasing for multiple reasons, um, and one of them is because demand – we all knew demand was going to start picking up as as these lockdowns ended, and so that is clear. People are now f- are traveling more. They're driving more. They're getting on planes more. Um, but gas prices are also, like the stock market, they are a an indicator of the future. Um, and so gas prices are – the current price of gas is also a six-month indicator – of where we think our supply will be. And the markets are clearly saying we don't think the supply is going to be good, right? It's the same with any other commodity. That You go in the grocery store and the prices are high, and you say, boy, that's weird. Oranges are really expensive. There are plenty here. Well, there are plenty here, but they know there aren't going to be plenty in a week or two weeks or four weeks or whatever, and it's already reflected in the price. So gas prices are a future indicator of what's coming And the future is not very bright. And we haven't even begun to see the bad part of gas prices when it comes to Deb Holland, whose confirmation is happening right now for Secretary of Interior, when it comes to Jennifer Granholm, who has yet to be confirmed, I believe, for Transportation Secretary and for Energy Secretary. The future for Mm -hmm. gas is very, very bleak because they're going to continually beat up the supply um so $60 a barrel gas, we're playing, I think, on average, a little under $3 a gallon at the pump. These are good mm-hmm. days because it's going to get much, much worse, <laughs> I'm get, sorry to say.
1: That dark winter is coming.
2: You know, Biden
1: predicted in it. He's no, he's no prophet, but, but there, yeah. uh, the Democrat, uh, no, he's not doing it. He's, they're using him as a little puppet. There's no doubt in my of mind. Course. that other countries looking and seeing this isn't right. Something's not right in America. Uh, the whole world can see it, but the American people don't seem to to be able to yeah. to really deal with what's going on. And and I was going to say that China, they don't have time to worry about their pollution because they're too busy doing all the production America can't do. They've got to make our masks, they gotta make all our cheap clothes, they gotta make all our cheap plastic products and, and all of our pills mm-hmm. that we push and and uh you know they're busy. They haven't got time for this other stuff.
2: <laughs> and, and and we need to be very clear when it comes to China that they get away with this idea that they have such a great love for the environment that they push A green economy they do have an awful lot of wind and solar production they are the world leader in electric cars and they use that to say look at how much we care about the climate we are the world leader in electric cars and in in renewable energy technology but they're not doing it because they love the earth they're doing it because they do not have oil they have to import roughly 12 million barrels a day for their economy Now, if you are the master planner of communist China and you see this 12 million a day import, that is a huge liability. And so they don't want to import oil. So what is the better alternative? Well, electric, because they can build more coal plants. They are building more coal plants now than Europe has currently active. They, they increased their coal capacity last year by 15% because they do have access to coal. They were threatening Australia, who's one of their largest coal suppliers, that they weren't going to buy, and that they had a stalemate. But then Australia didn't back down, and China did, because even China realized, all right, we can't go to war with everybody. We need Australian coal because we need to power our electric grid because we need to run all these electric cars. And so – China is not going electric because they love the earth. China's going electric because oil is their vulnerability. Oil I, is I our gonna, great benefit, and we're not using it to our advantage.
1: I was going to add to that observation. If all that green energy worked, and China's leading in green, green energy, then wouldn't they have clean air? Yeah. China. Yes. The, they they the all have to works. walk around in masks. <laughs> You know, twenty four seven you know, three hundred and sixty five days a year because it's dirty. So I think if are i you are not believe just your
2: lying eyes, Beth Ann, or are you gonna believe the facts? Which one do you wanna believe? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, sometimes I'm pretty gullible, but I'm not buying that one. <laughs> 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 you're, listening, you're listening to C S C Talk CSC Talk Radio with Daniel Turner and Beth Ann, and we will be right back. PrepareWithBethAnn.com
0: That's 800-990-6716. 800-990-6716.
1: And we have returned to listening to CSU Talk Radio. We've been having a lot of fun. I hope you've been gleaning a lot of information out of today's show from Daniel Turner with Power of the Future. you know it's a little scary what's right, what's ahead of us here daniel i know you feel that way too um but uh you know i've often wondered we've talked before about you know missouri we have a nuclear plant here and we have the dam uh down there at the lake of the ozarks we use different kinds of energy as well as we have plenty of pipelines <laughs> coming here there and yonder and uh you know we're we're very diverse And there's a few people that have uh, been uh, gullible enough to put all those uh, wind turbines on their farm and get supplemented for that. I guess maybe I'm the one who, maybe we should put them in my backyard. (laughs) I don't know, but, uh, um, you know, it's um, when this happened in Texas last week, uh, they were talking about, there was one farmer that got on there and he was really hot to trot. I mean, he uh, he was angry. He said, we weren't prepared. He said, "Well, this doesn't hit us like that." And so, you know, we're the farmers here in in Missouri. That happens every once in a while for them, and they know how to take care of their cattle. And and uh, but it was just it was astronomical. Not just the the livestock, but the people and the the you know the houses weren't heating, and and it was a mess. And people died. It's not funny. But he mentioned, you know, why are we not looking at all all kinds of energy? Instead of just focusing on this one, and, of course, he was pretty hot at the governor. He said, the buck stops there. And he said, I'm a Republican, but the buck stops there. So he was, uh, you know, going all the way to the top, blaming uh, Abbott for not knowing what was going on or for not doing something about it, but being prepared.
2: <laughs> yeah. But they don't yeah, consider nuclear we, anymore. No, and this Some is what time. we want of our of our elected leaders, right? This is the boring job of 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 the governor and we've instead turned these positions into a, a celebrity right and, and that's oh, why wow. again and i'm and i'm blaming everyone both sides of the party heck the republicans just had a celebrity president right to a certain extent um but but that is why we see them campaign with celebrities and we want to know what basketball player said this and what actors said that and then we lump them in with our governor and I'm not necessarily calling for technocrats. I don't want someone that, uh, uh, you know, detached from the, from the people. Um, but we do have, uh, a very bizarre celebration of elected officials as, as celebrities and not as workers who are just doing the boring job that we require of them to do. And that is, the garbage, the electric grid, the the schools, mm-hmm. uh, et, et cetera, et cetera. Um, these are the roles of government. And, boy, if they're not even good at that, then we should be really concerned about other things that they have their hands in.
1: Well, I think that's one of the big concerns here with uh, the Biden administration because none of these people that he's putting in place have any experience to do the job that's kind of like, <laughs> kind of like Hunter. Hunter didn't have any experience when he was over there doing this stuff in the UK and in China. And, uh, uh, that was one thing. And I didn't always, I didn't always agree with him. But that was one thing I thought Trump actually did. He tried to get somebody that knew something about the field he was putting them in. Yeah. And, uh, uh, maybe he didn't have enough celebrities in that respect. But, I really don't care what a basketball player or some, some beautiful, uh, uh, actress says. They don't mean anything to me when it comes to real life because they don't live. They don't, they don't have to worry about real life out here, uh, like the rest of us. You know, they're making millions living in a pretend world. And, uh, we're out here fighting the world to make a living. And they don't know what that is. In, in some respects, yep. I realize they work hard at what they do, but it's not the same. And then they're sitting in their, their million-dollar mansions telling the rest of us what we should do with our energy or with our our uh, cars or with our children. You know, I don't need their advice. You know, no. I, I want no, to and, see and people that know what they're doing in charge.
2: And, and and that's a bit of a concern for just the career politician in general, but... but Javier Becerra, who is the nominee going through his hearing as we speak um, for Health and Human Services, yeah, was 20 years in the House of Representatives, and then he's Attorney General of California, and he's a, a committed liberal. Okay, well, bully for you, but why does that make you qualified to run Health and Human Services? What do you know about the medical field? What do you know about the health care field? What do you know about even medical insurance field? He's, he's a lawyer, and there's nothing wrong with lawyers, but, but does that make him qualified for this position? But he does have a very real desire to move HHS into this, into this more liberal bent of race and gender and transgender and equity, et cetera, et cetera. That's why he got the job. Deb Holland, who I mentioned earlier was the Secretary of Interior nominee, She's, again, a committed career politician, um, but she's a Native American, and that's her qualification. And proof of this is when Jim Psaki, who is the press secretary, is asked, oftentimes she will reply with the person's gender. What did the president do about this? Well, he appointed a woman. And people say, well, what the heck does that have to do with anything? There's a video that went viral just on Friday where she was taking questions from social media. And someone said, what about these $2,000 stimulus checks? What has the president done to help small businesses? And her reply was, well, to help small businesses, he appointed a woman to head up the Small Business Association. <laughs> and that answered the question. And there you go. So I guess
1: and that's, that's the answer. They never saw any of the genders or the colors that Trump had in his administration. They never could see him. All they could see was him. They called him orange man. That's all they could see. Uh, We're yeah. running out of time. But, you know, you're exactly right. You know, and I listened to just part of what they I couldn't think of his name earlier. That's why I didn't go that far. The Garland. When they were, here, when he was in his hearing yesterday, that man doesn't know squat. I mean, he doesn't know squat about anything, and they're going to put him in as attorney general?
2: He he commented that the attacks on the Capitol happened in the daytime while Congress was in session, so they would be considered acts of domestic terrorism, whereas what we saw with some of the riots in Milwaukee... Uh, and other places mm-hmm. happened at night time, and so even though they attacked courthouses and police stations, they happened at night, and that is an act of crime, but since there was nothing happening in session, they're not the acts of domestic terrorism, which basically means domestic terrorism is defined by the time of day an action happens. That is absolute Lunacy, Lunacy. To see the world through that lens. The attacks on the World Trade Center happened before the stock market opened. Markets don't open until 930. The attack was, I think, 857 and 927. So was that attack on the economy? Well, no, because the markets mm-hmm. hadn't opened yet. So so how are we determining terrorism by the time of day?
3: This is crazy,
2: town. You know, I
1: don't think crazy the American, town. And I don't think the American people buy this stuff. I really don't. Those who want to see it as violence, they're going to see it as violence. And those that want to see it as an insurrection, see it as an insurrection. Those who really know what it was, you know, it was bad. I'm not saying it was okay to do it on the 6th. But what happened all summer, and it's still going on. Nobody's talking about it, but it's still going on. Is a real insurrection. If there's real violators, then... They're wasting a lot of energy. <laughs> We're out of yes, time, ma'am. Daniel.
0: Thank you. He will Beth be back Anne, in a couple always. of weeks,
1: and you'll be back on Friday. Thank you so much for all that you do. PowerTheFuture.com, and Daniel and Beth Ann help to bring America home.
3: Oh who has studied history understands, liberty doesn't just happen. It requires effort on the part of every generation to understand and live its principles and practices. The Loving Liberty Radio Network has teamed up with the National Center for Constitutional Studies to bring you the tools you need to better understand and teach the ideas of liberty. Just go to LovingLiberty.net and click on the Freedom Books button. From pocket constitutions to information-packed book bundles all about the founders, the information you need to perpetuate liberty is right at your fingertips. And a generous portion of each sale helps to keep Loving Liberty on the air. Build your library. Build your knowledge. Make the difference you were born to make. Go to LovingLiberty.net and click on the Freedom Books button. That's LovingLiberty.net and click on the Freedom Books button.
4: You know where the solution can be found, Mr. President? In churches. In wedding chapels